We've had some uh, great conversations, but now, right now, it's time for Straight Talk. We're excited to bring you this segment of Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with us, your local hosts. And today, you got two priests online. So please, uh, give us a call at 877-795-0122 or send your questions and comments to us on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Um, let us know what's going on in your world. If you have questions uh, that you want us to talk about, uh, please just give us a ring. You don't necessarily have to come online. A lot of times people won't call in, Father Kazel, because right. you know they're scared to like talk to us. Well, that's what I Sometimes there's call-ins. I'm listening in, on the radio, and I'm like, oh, I'd like to call in, but... But you don't uh, want to go, like, you no, don't go on radio, I don't have the right? strength to take that next step and actually do it. It's like, oh, but no, do this. This works. So, this will be good. And what you can do, too, is if you call in and you go on Facebook, you can just leave the question, and they'll, they'll put it up on our, our computer screens. Yes. And we'll talk about what you want to talk about. But we would love, if you're willing to come come on the radio with us and have a conversation with us or ask your question live, um, we would love for you to join us. And that's um, 877-795-0122. Give us a call. Folks, the point of Straight Talk is to start a conversation. It is an opportunity for listeners to call in with questions about faith, ask questions, comments, different things going on. Maybe you got some questions today about the Knights of Columbus. So please, please do uh, give us a ring or, or send us a question. Father Kazel, I think I hope I've pronounced your last name correctly throughout the show. Have I screwed up at all? No, I don't think so. You're okay. doing great. But you, even if you had, I'd still answer you. You told me the long A. <laughs> now, we were talking. I just met Father today, so this is the first time we've we've uh, met and we've been on the radio together. That's um, right. So it's gone well. But Father was telling me about his last name. I said, how do you pronounce your last name? So Father, you said with a long A, but then you told me a neat story from Germany. Of, of yeah, where that's your right. Name yeah, yeah. I'll get into that. But you know what's funny is I have relatives. They live by Vermilion. And we, there were brothers that were relatives that came over from Germany back in the 1890s. Some settled near Vermilion, Minnesota, south yeah. of the Twin Cities, and some settled in northern Iowa. So I'm from the northern Iowa group. And for some reason, they began to pronounce their names differently. So the Vermilion Hastings area, they say Castle. In the, the northern Iowa, it's, it's a long A, K. So we, I have friends who say, well, who's right? I say, well, we can both it's, be right on this. There's I a battle of mine over yeah, my last the, name as well. Yeah, so we were, so uh, some years ago, 2007, I was on a pilgrimage to Germany with a, the Schönstatt, the awesome Marian uh, spirituality that originated, started in Schönstatt, Germany. But I was in the sacristy in some of the churches in Germany, and that I noticed my last name written on the doors, K-A-S-E-L, and they pronounced it Kassel, uh, or Kassel, and that means chasmable in German, in chasmable. And I I knew that my name meant like the 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 building, a castle, C A S T L E in English. Uh, but our our name has a connotation of a building. And the chasmal though is the tent, the the tent that would be say the tent that would cover the Ark of the Covenant. And in the in the church we have the the chasmal that goes over the priest, and the priest acts during the holy sacrifice of the mass in persona Christi. The, Jesus is acting in the priest and through the priest to confect the miracle of the mass. So uh, the priest has this uh, mystical union with our Lord, and our Lord acting through the priest uh, to make the offering to God the Father. Uh, so I, I uh, was um, edified to learn in my native heritage, because I'm, I'm completely German, but uh, uh, my dad's side has this, uh, this, my last name of Castle. So... That's a, as a priest. That's a really great kind of discovery of what your, is, you know, yeah. a connection of what yeah. your last name means. And yeah, I, what, I what about you, that. Father? I mean, you I had a that. you had a revelation on your name recently so, too. So, so my last name is Moravitz, 
Um, there's a lot of people that want to say Moravitz or Moravitz, um, but we pronounce it Moravitz. We always have. Um, I grew up up in Ely, Minnesota, and so we're, we're a pretty big family up there in Ely, and there's probably people in Ely listening right now because Real Presence Radio is in Ely as well. Um, but my last name um, comes from Slovenia. Oh. And so our name is Slovenian. And I've got I've got Finnish and Norwegian blood in me as well. Actually, I'm, mo- most of my blood is Finnish blood. Okay. But the name is carried through from the Slovenian um, background. So, I know the original spelling of our last name was M O R A V E C, and um, I I was when I was in seminary there was a, a Slovenian in one of our classes, and I went up to him and I said, "Do you recognize this name?" And he said, "Yeah, it comes from the northern part of Slovenia. It's a very popular name." I said, "How do you pronounce it?" He said, "Moravitz." And I was like, yes, Yay. we're still pronouncing it right. So, so that's really good um, that, that we're pronouncing it right. I think we have a, we have a question yeah, we from have first question. Facebook. Yep. Jennifer from Bismarck. Oh, up top. About fostering vocations in young people. Uh, as a parent, do you start taking them to visits or pray about or, or and not push it? So what do you think, Father? How, what are some good strategies about fostering uh, vocations in our young people and children? Um, I think she, is, she, is she Jennifer? Are you on the phone? Jennifer, are you online? Yes. Oh, there you are. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Yes. Hi. You're Hi. calling in from Bismarck, you? yeah? Correct. Good. Welcome to the ah. show. Thanks for listening. Um, we're just having a little yeah. bit of a computer problem, so yeah. Um, you know, you know, Father. I'm gonna get tickets. I know Jennifer. I recognize her voice. Oh, Jennifer, very good. Great. Thanks for calling in. Yes. Hi, Father. You're good. Great. <laughs> thanks for giving us a, a great question here. And yeah, Jennifer, you know, what's your question? Why don't you put that into words for us? So my question is, you know, when you have you, you know children who are around 13, 14 years old, you know, they're young teens, and they're convinced they have a vocation to the religious life, or they feel very strongly that they do. You know, what? What? How do you handle that at that age? You know, they're too young to go join an order, and you know, life. You know, can bring a lot of things in the next coming years. You know, you don't want to discourage it, but you don't want to over encourage it. I'm just, you know, do you take them to visit orders if they want? You're kind of, what's the best thing to do with that age group? Uh, great question, Jennifer. And I think among the first things to do is is to let your children know that you and your husband uh, would 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 bless them, that they would have their uh, your blessing to pursue a vocation in the church. And that, that oftentimes becomes the first hurdle that would, would mom and dad be okay with me if I were to think I'm meant to be a priest, if God is calling me in this way, or I'm meant to be a religious sister. Uh, the opinions of, of the parents or the, the impression parents give regarding following that is, is uh, very important. So if your children know that they are free with your blessing to pursue a vocation, uh, that is a great starting point. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think just that they know that you would be okay with that keeps them open. Cause okay. Parents aren't always, so to be able to express that. Uh, for me, too, I think just that they would grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And so through adoration, through Mass, through daily Mass if possible, through the reading of the Scriptures, mm-hmm. um, through prayer, through being close to their pastor, um, through the Rosary, you know, the, the I would say, as a vocation director, the main thing you hear about guys when they tell their story, when they come to me and say, Father, I'd like to join the seminary, and I say, well, okay, let's talk about your story. Tell me about it. It all comes down to Mm -hmm. their relationship with God. Um, It's such an important thing. So to just foster relationship with the Lord Jesus, especially in the Eucharist and in the sacraments, 
is the key to vocation. I, I would say, if we put our kids in front of the Lord in the Eucharist and invite them and have them at mm-hmm. Mass, if they have a vocation, it'll it'll come out. <laughs> yes, that's right. It, it'll happen. Okay. So you just keep doing what you're doing as a good Catholic parent and, and trust that and support them. Yeah. And only one thing I would add on to that, Father, that's beautiful advice, is, that, is the trust in our Lord's timing. Yeah. yeah. Because you might look at one of your youngsters and say, you know, I think he's called to be a priest or I think she's called to be a religious sister and maybe their minds don't think that. And, and maybe that that is what what they're thinking is right but then again you know our lord has mysterious ways of allowing young people to think things through even to think they're not called to something when they are and then they all of a sudden our lord brings them around to it and they get thinking about what they're actually called to and our lord has a timing for that that is a is a mystery of our faith and you trust in god's providence and the relationships that they will meet and and so but you're entrusting them to our lord and asking him to be in charge of them you're you're because he's shared them with you and you keep on sharing them when back. He said, Lord, make them a gift back to you, yet you will that for them. Uh, that is a great prayer and a great blessing back to our Lord. Jennifer, thanks for calling in. Have a great day. Many yeah. blessings to you. Yeah, thank you. Yep, thank you're you. welcome. This is Father Ryan Moravitz and Father Randall Kazel. I'm calling, or not calling, but we're, we're here at the <laughs> Supreme Convention in Minneapolis. We're doing straight talk, folks. Call 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Or send us a question on Facebook. Um, we have another caller, Teresa from Holly. Are you there? Therese. Yep. Hi. <laughs> Therese from, Ho- is it Holly? Holly? How do you yep. say that? Holly. Holly. Mm-hmm. Now, where's Holly at? Um, we are 45 minutes outside of Fargo. Okay. Um, to the east. To the yeah. east. Not far from Barnesville, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Good. Well, Therese, thanks for joining us. What's your question? Yeah, so um, my question is, since God is unchangeable, um, when we pray for things, do we change his mind or what happens when we pray? Okay, good. That's, That's a, a great question. Really good question. I'm, so, I'm pointing that father. <laughs> father Kaysen and I are like, you want to take it? No, you take it, you take it, you take it. <laughs> Here's the thing. One of the things about prayer is that, that God wants us to express our desire or our requests. And so when one of the things about prayer is sometimes we have to ask for the right things. So we have to ask what's in the loving will of God. And so when we hit it on, sort of, you know, he's able to respond. So I would say that he doesn't, he's unchangeable, but he's, he needs us to um, open ourselves up to his loving will for us, right? So one of the things that I talk about is, you know, my sister has a saying in her bathroom, and it's on the wall in her bathroom. It says, sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, sometimes God says, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, so part of our prayer actually is aligning our hearts and our minds in an expression of uh, of our desire for his will to take place and giving him the freedom to let his will take place in our lives. And so it, there's a dynamic of our prayer aligning with God and having that answered, if you will. And I say answered in quotes because sometimes God's going to go, no, that's not in my will. So I always joke like, yeah. or why are you bringing that to me? So, you know, I've been, I've been joking with people. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm praying for the twins bullpen to get better. But God's looking at me going like, I don't care about the twins bullpen, man. <laughs> but if, I, if, my, if my prayer leads me to say, Lord, I, I pray and I desire conversion in my own heart. Now the Lord goes, yeah, okay. that's what I want too but I need you to express that you want that I need you to ask for that 
So sometimes a parent may want to give their child a good gift, but the child has to express their, their desire for it so that the gift can be given in this freedom and not, for, for instance, forced on the child or something. So mm -hmm. do we change it? Probably not necessarily. I think a lot of times our prayer is being aligned with the loving will of God and, and he needs us to express <laughs> and ask for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Father, and Lisa does yeah. to me. But, I, but I, I would add one, a few points onto that, Father, of, of your beautiful words, is that there's a, there's a quality of God that's helpful for us to remember, is that God knows all things. And when we say that, it, it's hard for us to fathom this because of our, our intellects are, are limited in our ability to understand the, the infinite power of God. He, know, he literally knows all things. He knows all the possibilities, and he also sees us already in glory. So when, when we entered into the grace of our Lord through baptism, he sees us in the future, in glory. He sees us perfected and there and his work completed before him face to face. He sees that already and he draws us to embrace what he has given us in the Holy Spirit to draw us to be beginning in this life who we're going to be in eternity. So in his mind, he sees that. So in the sense when we pray, does God change his mind? Well, well no, he, he's, he's not going to change his mind on what it is, but anything that will bring us into being closer and closer to the, the mold that he has in mind for us, he has created us to be in those perfections he's gonna he's gonna allow and there's sometimes also one thing to add you know I have this saying patience what is patience well you have to wait for it and so sometimes God's answer seems to be no but then it, all of a sudden I find well I just had to wait for it I had to grow in patience I had to, the timing is important to God God's timing we speak of so we have to persevere in prayer we have to continue to say Lord your will be done you take care of my formation may I be as holy as you will it especially leading into eternal life Therese, thanks for the call today. Uh, really appreciate it. A really, really good question. We've got another question coming in right, right behind it along those lines. So many blessings to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Folks, it's Straight Talk Time, 877-795-0122. Uh, we've got two priests today. And so a little special opportunity to be able to call in with any questions or anything. That was a really great question. You can also uh, log on to Facebook and find us on Facebook. Send us a question that way. So we've got a question in from Jennifer. And she says, in regard to the last question on prayer, how does intercessory prayer work then? How does it help when it's not aligning our heart-mind with his in that instance? Back to the question on children as well. In regard to teens, when do you let go? And when do you push when the child wants nothing to do with God and church activities? Okay, so those are two loaded yeah, questions, yeah, right? Yeah, great questions. <laughs> so well, let, let, me go at the, let me go at the child one first okay. because it's, it's, each one of those youngsters is unique. And there's a bit of discernment to know how far do you want to push. But I, I, think, I think the main idea we need to have in, in, our, in giving our faith is that we need to live a principled life. Uh, which means that fundamentally youngsters need to follow the leadership of the parents and the parents need to be actively discerning to what degree your youngsters are following and and willing in freedom to continue to choose and sometimes it needs to be look we're going to do this because this is what we do as catholics and there will be resistance and there will be uh even some fighting about it but still nonetheless that their will is nonetheless called to uh be willing to follow our Lord and to follow the leadership of the parents who 
our Lord has entrusted to be the guide and the teacher. It's a, it's a principled way of living. So it cannot be just maybe this, maybe that, but it's principled. We follow our Lord. And when sometimes you need to repeat that several times, look, we want to follow our Lord. Your, your dad and I were committed to following the Lord. You know, if mom, mom says we do this or dad says we do that, you, you back that up. We follow the Lord. That's the main principle for them to find happiness in beginning in this life and ultimately eternal life. We follow the will of the Lord. Yeah, and I, I think it's that invitation to our young people to, to do that as well. And there's a certain age where, you know, they, they have to make that decision, yeah. you know, for themselves. And you have to let go on some levels. And, but you also have to persevere in, in holding the principles and living the life yourself. Um, and, yeah, you, sometimes you've got to make the kids go to Mass, you know. And they're going to grumble. That's what kids do. You know, most of us did when we were kids. But it, it's important to, to keep making them go, if you will. Um, but allow them the experience of, of the freedom in that too. It, it's not always easy. I always tell folks, you know, remember where you were at in that age and pray for them as well. Because a lot of times we come around, you know, I just throw it at my dad because my dad gets frustrated. My dad's a really good Catholic man now. He's actually a deacon. Huh. And he gets frustrated like, why don't the kids care about going to Mass? Or, you know, the young people, they don't go to Mass. Like, I don't get it. Like, if they only knew the love of Jesus in the Eucharist, why, they would be here. Why don't they have it? And like, Dad, what were you doing when you were 22? He's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I know it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like, we have to be praying and journeying and accompanying people with where they are right now and finding, yeah. you know, like you said, each individual is a little bit different. I want to get to the, the intercessory prayer question. Um, here's one way of looking at it. Um, one of the master's degrees that I did was a, a master's in philanthropy and development. And so we talk about major gifts. So a major donor is somebody who's giving is one of your top donors. And so when you're doing a capital campaign, um, you get to know that person and what's meaningful to them, what, what they care about, and also what they're capable of, of donating, for instance. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know what to ask for. Mm -hmm. um, you sometimes can go to a donor and say, you know, we, we'd like you to give to, to this project and we'd like to give, you know, we have, we're, we're building a school. And we'd like you to give a million dollars. And they may look at you like, are you nuts? Mm -hmm. Like, don't you know anything about me? Don't you know I, I don't have a million dollars to give? That's beyond my giving capacity. And I really care more about um, hospitals or the pro-life movement than I do about Catholic schools. Um, so you, you miss the mark. And you, you haven't asked for the right thing and in the right way or in the right amount, right? Um, but when you do hit the mark, you might go to somebody and, and discover that they do love Catholic schools, for instance, and you go to them and you, you know what their giving patterns are, how they give and what they love to give to and why they love to give and all these different things. And you go in and you make it meaningful for them and you, you're able to go in and say, could you give us $200,000 for our new gym? Because you know they love sports and they care about sports. And you hit it on and they're like, absolutely. And it's, you know what? We can give that amount. And so they give it. Prayer is kind of like that in the line of the, we need to kind of, that's how God works. Like there's times where he's like, yeah, actually I can give you that. And I want to give you that. And, and that's in line with what I'm able to do for you and what I want to do for you. One of the things about continuing to do intercessory prayer is we learn about the mind and the heart of God as he says yes and he says no. And he says, you've got to be kidding me, you know, to us. You know, so like I can pray for the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Twins all I want, but I learn in time that <laughs> God does not care about them. You know, so you learn like, okay, those are frivolous things and I, 
I, I don't bring those to him. Like I don't need to. But I, when I, when he does respond, for instance, in the positive, you learn like, oh, God's living will is for these good things, these yeah. beautiful things, these truths. And where I hear him say no in my life, I have to learn about the mind and the heart and the will of our loving Father of going, no, that actually wouldn't be good for you. And I learn about myself and I learn about who God is by continually going to God and asking. And so in the repetitive asking in the intercessory prayer, there's a lot to learn about the action and the work and the love of God for us. Does that make sense? Yes, that's great, Father. And I, I made may, an angle of describing the very same idea regarding God's will. And when we pray intercessory prayer, there's these aspects of God. There's his permissive will mm-hmm. and his active will, all within his will. Yeah. The permissive will, we think of, say, Lazarus, who our Lord permitted to die, only to reveal his active will that he really willed Lazarus to live. And thus he raised him from the dead, and Lazarus became this beautiful example of how God's going to bring good out of what he has permitted. He has permitted evil. God didn't make evil. He doesn't will evil. But he has simply permitted it, allowed it to happen, so that you and I and all of us could have freedom to decide to love him, that we could be really free to choose what is good and and loving. And so, but his active will is to love us and to draw us to love him back actively in active love. He only permits these things. So he permitted Lazarus to experience death, but then he raised him from to life. We think of the other examples of his healings, even even healings we have now. I don't know if you heard about that beautiful healing of the the infant for the miracle of Archbishop Sheen. Yeah. That, that's going to be a whole other conversation, so I don't know, better not go down there right now, but maybe we can get there. Folks, this is Straight Talk. Call in at 877-795-0122 or look us up on Facebook and send in a question. You can call in with a question um, and not go on the air with us, but we would love um, if you're willing and comfortable to come on the air with us and we can have a little short conversation about whatever you're thinking about today. It's a great way to get questions answered or to start a good conversation. So Jennifer on Facebook, I love it. She's having a Facebook conversation right, with us. This is great. You know, uh, this, is, this is modern technology and sort of our culture today. Um, but Jennifer, good. Uh, she says, but then, isn't it trying to change his mind, such as healing of others, bringing others back to the church, etc.? No, I don't, I don't think it's... I don't think it's trying to change his mind. Help me, Father, on this. Uh, I'll start us off on this, but help me. Um, I don't think it's trying to change his mind. It's trying to align our minds with the mind of God. And we find our way there sometimes through prayer. And sometimes the, the loving will of God is that one would, would pass and go to heaven. It is, yes. It, like it, that's, that's part of that reality. Um, it, it's never God's will that one would go to hell. Um, but that comes to the freedom thing, you know. So when you talk about maybe somebody coming back to the church, well, we can pray for God's grace. So like, if I open myself up and say, God, I pray for my sibling that they would be brought back, and I, I open myself up to to law and grace flow through my life and pray for grace in their life. God then can pour forth grace, but we all have a response to that. So it's. It's opening ourselves and allowing God through intercessory prayer to act in our lives. Because if we don't ask and allow him to, he can't because of our free will, right? Um, but when we do open it up, he, he, he can then act. And then we have to respond or those in our lives have to respond to it. So yeah. it's, it's, it's more the interaction with God, if you will, that happens in intercessory prayer. Yes, and he, he wants the relationship. He, he wants it to be a relationship of love, not just something where we want to be in relation with Jesus because of what he does. He, he, we, he wants us to love him for who he is 
as our God, as our Lord, and one who says, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends, who is our Savior from our own weakness, but also from the power of the devil, the spirit of the world. He, he wills to be in a loving relationship. And I, I like to say uh, to people sometimes, we, we, can get, we can get caught into uh, what God may or may not be doing. God, I, I say, you know, God has it all figured out. He has it all figured out. And sometimes we just need to let him show us. And I recently I was in Michigan and I was flying back from Kalamazoo and the, the friends I was staying with said, well, Father, who's going to pick you up at the airport? And I said, I don't know. And he says, well, you didn't get that ready? I said, well, you know, my friend, our Lord has it all figured out. He has it all figured out already for me. And I don't usually operate that way, but that's really the situation I was in. I, I didn't know. And I was leaving to go to the airport in Kalamazoo to ride back in Rochester. Well, then on my way back, as I remembered, oh, I did mention it to somebody, but they weren't for sure if they could come. I, in Chicago, when I was there, I, I called my friend and said, hey, would you still be able to pick me up? Oh, yeah, you know, our plans changed. Yeah, yeah we'll be there to pick you up. What time? So it all worked out and it was all fine. It doesn't always work out that nicely. Uh, but that was an example where, you know, thankfully it, it did affirm what I knew already. Our Lord has it all figured out. I knew somehow I was getting from the airport back to my rectory. And, and many times it's, it's very comforting for us to know our Lord loves us in all the details. He's not, he, he, he cares about us in everything. In times, especially when we have sufferings or trials, we may forget that, that he's really there holding us and curing us. And I, I like to read sometimes the, the, the footsteps in the sand to remind of that principle of God's personal care as a loving father for us and all our experiences. Yeah, it's, it's such an important thing to, to know of that personal love that he has for us. And that, he, you know, this last weekend in the gospel, it was about, uh, the last line is, what matters to God? Yes. You know, and that's that's sometimes in our prayer too. It, it's important that it's like a parent and how they love their child. Like the child may think that these, whatever is so important, but as a parent, you know, no, I love you f- way beyond what you think is so important right now, um, and I want to to give you way beyond what y- you think you want right now. You know, you look at a child and they want, I don't know, some toy or a video game or something, and uh, <laughs> or ice cream. You know, and you realize. <laughs> Well, okay, I can give you ice cream, but I, I know there's so much more that that I want to give you, and I love you in such a bigger way than than just some of this frivolous stuff. And so intercessory prayer is a relationship that's lived out, and we learn about ourselves and we learn about the Lord in that. So that's a big part of intercessory prayer. Um, Father, I want to mention Katie. Um, yep. Katie, I know Katie. Um, yeah, Katie I and met Katie I, way back at St. Raphael. Katie and, and Katie and I went to college together. You did? At the University wow. of Minnesota Duluth. Yep. And so uh, she says hi to you. Hi, Katie. Yeah, thanks for writing in on, uh, through Facebook to us and to me. That's great. So, Katie, a shout-out to you. It's funny, a small world. The Catholic world is so beautiful, and you realize it here at the convention. But just being Catholic, we're so connected yes, as Catholics. It's so beautiful always. Katie sent me a message earlier, and she... She saw a Facebook post of us, you know, a picture of us, and she was like, ah! Yep. So, Katie, thanks for listening. Folks, this is Straight Talk. We only got a couple minutes left. 877-795-0122. Throw a question out on Facebook. We can try to answer it really uh, uh, quickly. Um, you know, this has been a really good show. Yes, it has been awesome. And, wh- you know, what about today's feast? We should remind our yeah, parishioners or listeners that today's the Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord. If you have a chance to go to Holy Mass today, I encourage you to do so. And our Lord, uh, interestingly, we were talking with one of the bishops earlier about following our Lord with the cross and looking forward to the goal. Well, our Lord our Lord gave uh, that that sight of his glory to the apostles, uh, Peter, James, and John, to tell them this is the glory that they will share when they follow him. But first 
is the suffering in the cross. First, there's a great quote from Thomas Aquinas I happen to have in front of me. Uh, he wrote, Just as the archer does not accurately launch an arrow without first looking at the target, this is necessary above all when the road is rough and hazardous and the path laborious. It is fitting, therefore, for Christ to reveal to his disciples the sublendor of his glory, to become transfigured before them, since in the same glory he would one day transfigure his own his own who follow him. So we must look at our end, that our Lord is going to glorify us and he will give us that payment of glory. But here now is the time for us to keep our eyes fixed on that and let that be the context of all that we experience, that he's drawing us to glory. It's one of the, you know, you think about the good graces, there are a lot of times people call them God experiences. You know, so we don't always have the God experiences. They're not continual, right? Yeah. It's, not, it's not necessarily every day that we see the, the miracles per se, you know, um, or have those big spiritual moments. But they are those moments that, those transfiguration moments where we see the glory of God and we're like, wow. Yep. And that, that's to sustain us through yeah. what, what it, lies ahead or the tough moments in our lives. Yeah, and that was at the heart of the, the Israelite remembrance of the feast year. You remember the grace that we received at this moment, the Exodus and the Passover and all of these, that they, every year they remembered the grace. And we need to do that in our own personal lives, the moments of grace. And so we remember at all times. So good. A great session of Straight Talk. Thanks for calling in and um, throwing stuff at us. Uh, thank you, Father Kazel, for uh, some yeah. great wisdom in yeah. that. Thank you too, Father. Very uh, reminder, this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday. 